Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. My name is Kave Hoda. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, I am the host of this relatively informal and humor-adjacent medical podcast called The House of Pod that you are listening to. Hopefully you came to the right place if you were expecting a religious podcast. I am so sorry. That is the house of God. Um, that is not us. And... You may stick around and enjoy it anyways, but probably you will not. Joining me today is no one. It's just me, baby. Just me. Just me. Now, I know what you are thinking. You're thinking, God, weird solo podcaster doing weird solo podcasts is just weird. And who am I, Bill Simmons? I get it. It's, it's like a little bit narcissistic. It's just one guy talking. It's always a guy. <laughs> It's usually white guy talking, um, thinks that whatever they have to say is so important that it's just them that that needs to be heard. Um, I get it. It's weird. Uh, but it is so much easier to schedule this. Uh, and I kind of wanted to do just a, a little something different, which is go through some emails because uh, I really don't get a chance to do that very much anymore. And um, I really do appreciate when people send emails. So I thought... I thought we could maybe do that. Um, don't worry. This is this is not going to become like a, a routine thing. I enjoy having guests and people with interesting backgrounds and, and people to talk to about that. But I do want to also create a little space for people to, um, to, to get their questions answered 
um, and read out loud on air and share that with people. So if you're in your cars right now listening to this on your way to work or uh, around the house doing chores or uh, actually more than one uh, email I've gotten saying that people use me to help them go to sleep, which really sounds like an insult. But um, if if you're using it for that, that's great too, whatever it is. Um, Hopefully you'll find this also kind of entertaining. Uh, we'll go through some emails first, but before we do that, I uh, want to thank everyone for downloading and uh, for all the reviews on iTunes. If you haven't done that, please do that. That does help get people to the show. So if you do it, if you uh, leave me a nice review there, I'll uh, probably even read it at some point on one of these shows. So, without further ado, let's get to some of the emails. Um, again, I used to have multiple people helping me host the show, and so the duties of reading these emails was spread out a little bit better. Now it's just me. Uh, so it takes me a little bit longer to get to them, but I will get to them. And it's at hopquestions at gmail.com. That's hopquestions at gmail.com. Let's go first to an email by Rick Easton. This is in regards to episode 166, the Silicon Valley Blues. It was an episode we did about a wonderful county hospital in uh, Santa Clara Valley, really the only hospital in that area that deals with um, or supports and is there for all patients, regardless of their income. And it's a really amazing place to be, a really amazing place to train. Um, it goes like this. Thank you, Kave, for your episode uh 166 Silicon Valley Blues. It was both engaging and disheartening. That's what I aim for. I am a retired physician honored to have worked at what was then a rural medical satellite of Santa Clara Valley Medical Center from 1976 to 2002. You couldn't have chosen any better physicians to reflect the ideals of the medical profession than Drs. Lowe and Ligamini. Those are the two guests I had on that episode. I think this type of insightful examination of the direction of medical care in Santa Clara County is critically important. It reflects not only the state of turmoil in the local medical community, but the country at large. Medicine has traditionally been a place where humanity can reach out to those who are suffering and not only provide quality scientifically based treatments of physical and mental illness, but also critically include compassionate care for our fellow human beings. It is that human-to-human -human connection that has provided a rare forum for society, for society to express its humanity. In this context, healthcare workers are a proxy for our community's compassion and caring. If this is supplanted by medical treatment dictated only by money generated or money spent, or by the sterile numbers generated by lab specimens or other diagnostics, we will have managed to take the human out of humanity and to provide medical care on the outermost fringes of need. Um, I, I agree. I think that's really well said. There's more to this email. Uh, I'm going to be sort of editing all these emails as I read them because some of them are, are a bit long. But I agree that episode in particular really affected a lot of medical professionals um, who really could hear sort of the anguish in the voice of the doctors that were being represented and um, feel it across the country. And that's the amazing thing is that it's really um, seems to be across the country, across all shapes and sizes of medical practices. Yeah, I've seen people in managed care, in their private practices, in big organizations, small organizations. A lot of people are feeling that stress. So thank you, Rick, for that email. Um, I do appreciate it and uh, the work you're doing. 
Okay, let's go to another email. This is not bad, right? I feel like, I, I know I'm just talking to a mic right now, but I feel like I know you guys. I feel like I know my listeners. I mean, that's one of the benefits of having a small mom and pop podcast like I do. It's kind of like, you know, the local community grocer. Everyone knows him, sort of my, my situation here. I'm like your local community medical podcaster. Okay, uh, here is a email from Teddy Geo4 uh, titled A Sharky's Tale. Uh, I discovered your podcast via Behind the Bastards. It's a great show that uh, I've been on a couple times uh, with Robert Evans. I, I recommend it if you guys haven't heard it yet. Where Kaveh has the dubious pleasure of dissecting the life and the work of the so-called father of gynecology. That was a brutal episode, by the way. Marion Sims. Uh, I learned a lot about him. I knew he wasn't amazing, but it's even worse than you expect. Um, love the show. I have so many episodes to binge before I get caught up. I'm a mail carrier and need distraction for six or seven hours a day. Phoenix is hot. Oh, my goodness. If you're listening, Teddy, I'm there with you sending cool thoughts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow cool air into your ears. I hope that you are... Actually, I don't know what the weather's like right now in Phoenix. I assume it is always hot. It's probably not right now, but stay cool, stay hydrated. Sharky's story resonated with me as I have a similar story that isn't nearly as serious, but serious enough. Also much shorter. Just if you guys haven't heard, uh, Sharky Laguana, his first appearance on the show uh, was to tell his own pretty amazing medical story. If you haven't heard it, Go back and listen to the early Sharky episodes. I had noticed for months that I was having nerve pain in my legs, and if I stood or sat for too long, I would have trouble getting my legs, especially the left leg. I, by the way, you guys hear how I said especially? People have made fun of the way I say especially. I think I say especially fine, but people have said my way of saying especially is not great. I don't know. Maybe that's being Persian. I don't know. You guys tell me. Uh, let's go especially 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 the left leg to work i'd have to stretch touching the ground to release whatever issue was causing the problem and sometimes after sitting a while when i stood all the muscles in my left leg down to including my foot would tighten and keep me from walking my primary care insisted on referring me to a vascular surgeon i only have so much time and didn't want to waste it so i made an appointment with a spinal orthopedist long story short spinal stenosis in the lowest end of the lumbar spine if untreated, it would result in paralysis of my legs. I'm getting steroid epidurals as a band-aid until the end of the year when I retire. I plan to have surgery as soon as possible in January. It did give me pleasure to point out to my primary that I had been correct, but nicely. Thanks for the excellent podcast. I genuinely love it. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, I think that is uh, really great that you were able to advocate for yourself and do it in a a way that was not, uh, I mean, combative or uh, adversarial. Um, I I can see how easily that can happen uh, from both ends, honestly. And it doesn't serve anybody any benefit if you create an adversarial relationship. And um, you know what? Doctors may not always get it right. You know, they, they do what they think is best and they're making the best decisions that they have available to them. But it may not be right, and it's important, you know, to, to let them know if, if, it, if it wasn't, to let them know if it ended up being something else, um, not because you're blaming them, not because you're threatening them, but because sometimes it's just good to know to learn, uh, and that doctor may see something a little differently before. Um, 
And again, uh, no one's going to be perfect. No one's going to be right. Can't, can't be expected to, anyone can be expected to do that. But um, I think you being able to communicate with your doctor uh, what happened, I think that's really great. And I think the fact that you were able to advocate for yourself is also uh, really important. And, and it's, not, it's not something that everyone has the ability to do. Um, and it's hard. It's hard to find a balance between pushing so hard that you're going to create a tension between you and the provider that, you know, isn't therapeutic and, you know, also standing up for yourself, which you need to do. And, and also, uh, you know, your body really well, you know, better than anyone at the end of the day. And if you do feel something is wrong and you do feel there's something else going on, sometimes you do have to push for it. Even I, as a doctor, have had to do that for myself at times amongst other doctors. So that will happen sometimes. The point of this show and the point of, I think, a lot of us who are involved with social media want, what a lot of us want to do is to be able to to help give you guys those tools to have that communication, to to talk doctor. You know what I mean? You don't have to know everything the doctor knows, but I would like for people to understand how doctors think. I'd like for people to understand how to communicate with a doctor uh, in a healthy and productive way. I, I think there are certain things um, that patients can do that uh, can get to easier ways for them to get what they need. And if I can help anyone in that process, I'm, I'm uh, going to be very proud of myself. Um, but if nothing else, uh, you know, I, I'm here to hear about you doing it on your own. So uh, congratulations, uh, Teddy. Okay, let's go to another email. All right, this one comes from Lori B. I came to your show after hearing you on Some More News, which is uh, a, a great, fun news show with uh, Cody Johnston and Katie Stoll. They have a great YouTube channel as well that I highly recommend. And if you follow me on Twitter, you've probably seen me uh, retweet some of their stuff. Anyways, uh, where was I in this email? I came to your show after hearing... Okay, what's uh I started with episode four, which is the first available episode to hear and I'm up to episode 10. First of all, let me stop there for a second. I should say the reason there's only episode four is the earlier episodes are not particularly good and they were like really bad before episode four. So I, we just took them off because they just weren't good. I mean, I don't know. Like when people tell me that they're like listening to the whole backlog, I get a little bit nervous. I'm like, Ooh, some of the episodes in the beginning were just, you know, like growing pains. I mean, not that I've mastered this art by any means, but you know, I've gotten a little bit better at it. So I, yeah, I don't know if you want to go back and listen to old episodes. That's great. Cause there is some good stuff in there and the only bad stuff is me. Um, but you know, just be warned, it, you know, not all of them are, are fantastic. Anyways, uh, uh, episode 10, where your guest discussed the questionable ethics of dating your doctor. And I don't feel it was firmly addressed whether or not it was ethically considered okay to date an ex-patient. So this is a this is an interesting question. And I, I'll be honest, I haven't listened to that episode in a long time. It was um, an episode with Charles Binkley. He was this great hepatobiliary surgeon, but he's also uh, a bioethicist, and he's also um, trained in the seminary, and he thinks a lot about the ethical ramifications of what we do in the hospital. 
really interesting guy. And we had discussed uh, dating doctors uh, and trying to date your doctor. That came up as a question. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> I like to think, we all said that was a bad idea. Um, again, I haven't listened to that episode in a while. But um, there, there is this other question. What, what about dating an ex-patient, someone who's no longer under your care? Uh, okay, this is interesting. I think what I'll do, I'll tell you guys a story. Um, this is a story I have not told uh, on air, at least. And um, hopefully I don't have to edit this out. <laughs> okay, so in internship, uh, I was working in the ICU, and it's a pretty intense time in the ICU. And uh, I, I part of me loved it. Um, as you might imagine, the ICU are intensive. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Care unit has some pretty intense moments in it and a lot of learning and a lot of hard times. It can be sad, but also it can be very rewarding. Um, that's kind of the nature of the ICU. And there was a particular uh, instance that I remember. Um, there was a patient who was in the ICU and the patient was very ill, critically ill. I'm not going to say the details about what it was, but um, the, the patient was critically ill. And in, we did everything that we could. And, and I think uh, we worked very hard um, to try and keep that patient going for as long as we possibly could and to, to do everything we possibly could to improve their situation. Um, it didn't end up going well, unfortunately for the patient. Well, I take that back. It went, it went well in a way the patient did pass away, um, which is never the, the ideal outcome in a hospital, but the manner in which it happened, um, was I thought appropriate and the appropriate care was given at the appropriate times. And then, when it wasn't appropriate with the family's discussion, that care was transitioned. Those goals of care were transitioned to palliation and uh, end-of-life care. And I think that process was was done very well, and I think pretty seamlessly. And a big part of that was because this patient had a great family, and this family was always there. You're, you're wondering, like, did you date this dead patient? No, that's weird. You're weird. That's not what I'm thinking. That's not what I'm saying. But the family was was always there. And, and as a doctor, I, I actually love that. I love that there's people there that care for these patients. And I love when those there are family members that are there and they have questions to ask. And you can build a relationship with the whole family. Um, I think that's really important. And this particular family was really supportive of the patient and... There was usually multiple members there. Um, you know, this is back, of course, before COVID and any issues with people being in the hospital. 
and we would meet with them, you know, uh, at least a couple times a day just to, to touch base, talk about things, make sure we're all on the same page. And they had a good understanding of what was going on. They asked good questions. They understood the limits of what we could do or what anyone could do. Uh, and they understood the situation. And they, it was always a good experience walking away, feeling like everyone was on the same page and that we addressed all concerns that we could. Um, you know, fortunately, as I mentioned, the patient didn't survive. The, the point person for this family was this very smart, very attractive, well-spoken uh, daughter. And we spent a lot of time talking with the whole family, of course, but she was sort of the point person. So there was a lot of times where we'd talk about uh, her family member, the nature of the illness, and then that discussion would even change to the nature of mourning. And and, and really, I, I thought we had a, a great, as a family and me and, and the medical team, we had a great sort of therapeutic relationship. I didn't think too much about it afterwards. I didn't think too much about after after it happened. You you know you move on. There's so much else to do in medical training. Um, so a couple of months later, I got a message from the daughter, um, and it was a very nice message, and it was basically showing appreciation for our care. And in it, um, she asked me out in the 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 message. She asked me out for uh, like a like a simple date, nothing big. I think it may have been just like coffee or something. And it was an interesting situation to be in because she was, as I mentioned, you know, I know you're in the hospital and you're like, you know, you're thinking professionally, but I mean, if someone's a beautiful person, you can't help but objectively say, oh, that's a beautiful person. And this person was, and also very smart and well-spoken, et cetera. And um, it took me back. It took me back for a second because I was wondering, I'm like, what is the ethical implication of this? And I'll tell you, I don't know for sure whether or not it fits some ethical boundary, but it feels, it felt unethical to do. Um, and it didn't feel like it would be an ethical thing to do. It didn't feel like it would be an okay thing to do. But but even more than that, I, I just, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I said no um, nicely, but I said no. Not just because of the that ethical component of it, but you know, if I'm being totally honest, I just didn't want to ruin these people's impression of me. They had left this this experience with a really positive impression of me, and most people that dated me do not or did not. So I did not want to do that. I was a, I, I was sort of on a pedestal, I think, in their minds, and I did not want that to be ruined for them. I wanted them to at least walk away from that experience that they had with some positives about it. And I didn't want to take that from them. Does that make sense? Um, so I did not, I did not go out with the ex. This, this case wasn't even an ex patient. It was like a, it was like an, a family of a, of a patient, but I feel it's similar. I feel like it's the same sort of thing. Like even if you took care of someone in the past, it, I feel like you have some obligation to that person forever. I don't, I don't know if you guys ever read Travels with Charlie, the John Steinbeck novel. I remember reading it like in high school. In fact, I don't even know if I actually read the whole book, if I just read some sort of like for the SATs or something, one excerpt of it. But I remember it pretty distinctly. And there was this part where he's describing 
you know, his interactions out in the desert. Um, and he refers to this unwritten law in China that says like when one man saved another man's life, he's become responsible for the life to the end of its existence. Like that is one of those weird things that just somehow stuck with me my whole life. So that's also kind of part of why, I mean, like, I don't know if he'll ever be okay to date, um, an ex-patient, but you know, if anyone else thinks differently, if anyone else has a different experience, I, I would love to hear it. If you'd be willing to share for the next, um, you know, mailbag episode, uh, I would love to hear it. Anyways, what do you guys think? Should, should I, I mean, did I do the right thing? I, I think I did, but you tell me, I'd like to, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Uh, this next email is from R Barkley and it goes, can you work with me on a project? Now, um, if I don't get to a lot of emails, part of the reason is because like 90% of the emails are weird emails like this, where there's like no other explanation about what's going on. Um, or it's someone trying to get me to like buy some sort of ad revenue service stream thing. And it's, a, there's a lot of this. So there's this, I just wanted to read that to you. So you know, the kind of stuff I have to go through in this email to, to get to your emails. All right, here's one more. Um, from E, I'll just, I don't know again. I don't know for sure. I never know if you guys want me to use your full names or not, but I, this first initial is E, so I'll just stick with that and leave out the last name. Thank you so much for your episode 173. That's the episode about the, uh, the Iranian revolution, the second Iranian revolution, really talking about the protests happening in Iran. Thank you for amplifying the voices of the Iranian people. It seems like it's already gone from our news cycle and it breaks my heart. And I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, I appreciate you. Thank I got a lot of thank yous from Iranian people on that and from non-Iranian people too. Uh, but I feel guilty because honestly, I don't feel like I've done that much. I feel like a one episode really, I, I still plan on doing more, but um I'll be honest with you. I'll be totally honest with you. That episode got some of the lowest listens of any episode in the past year. It doesn't mean I'm not going to do it. I'm still going to do another episode on it. I don't care. I think it's really important. I think the stuff is fascinating. And I think like all episodes where we cover dark material, we, we try our best to make it, you know, as you know, fun as that material can be. But, um, it, it I don't know if it went if it helps I don't know I don't know I I will try and amplify the voices of the Iranian diaspora I will try and give voice to the people who are really doing the hard work over there like the guest on that episode Mantra Tavakoli if you haven't followed her Mantra Tavakoli T A V A K K O L I she's on Instagram she does a lot of stuff on Instagram she's on Twitter too. Um, and she's people like her are, are constantly trying to keep this in the news cycle, constantly trying to keep the discussion alive. And, and, uh, I'm frankly, I feel like I, I should be doing more in that regards and, and I'm just not. Um, so, uh, I appreciate that. It is heartbreaking. I mean, it's really a bummer that it feels like this moment is passing and maybe I'm being pessimistic about it but it's certainly i agree gone from the news cycle you don't hear about it much anymore um 
and it's still happening. People are still protesting. There's still people fighting over there. There's still people putting their lives on the line constantly um, over there. And uh, so I will be uh, doing another episode on that soon. I think that's definitely something I'm going to be doing. Um, whether or not people want to listen to it, I, I mean, I don't. I can only hope that that some people will. So, um, anyways, uh, along those lines. Persian New Year is coming up, so it's a good time to, uh, to to get to know a little bit about Persian New Year. You're probably wondering what it is. The spring equinox. It's like a different time every year, I think. It lasts about 13 days. Um, let me give you a little bit of that timeline because you're probably going to hear some some terms like Char Shambasuri. That's this really fun festival of the, like the fire. You jump over this fire and it cleanses you from like the past year. I mean, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on Persian tradition. I'm as whitewashed as they get, but these are the basics that you should know about. Charshambasuri, it's really fun. It's uh, like the last Wednesday of every year. So that's kind of fun. If you see pictures of me or your running friends jumping over fire, you'll know what that's all about. Then there's the New Year's or Nowruz. It's a big feast. It's like our Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's all together. It's this huge event. It's awesome. You give money as gifts to kids usually. I don't think adults get them. But kids, you give kids in a red envelope. You give them like money. Seems sort of like Chinese New Year in that way. You visit family, hang out with friends, that sort of thing. Then 13 days after is the Sins of Badar, which <laughs> there's Iranian people right now listening to this, screaming at their iPhones or their their cars because my pronunciation's so god awful. But it's a big picnic. It's a huge picnic. So you like it's a it's really fun. So if you're in a, in a community that has Iranian representation, find out where that that picnic is going to be um, and and go to it because it's a blast. There'll usually be music and lots of food and that sort of thing. So. Uh, this is just a huge celebration. It's a big part of Iranian, you know, tradition. It's pre-Islamic. It goes way back. I think it's mostly like Zoroastrian and that sort of stuff. You got all that fire, that fun fire stuff the ancient Iranians were into. And that jumping over the fire, that's pretty cool. Don't do that on your own. Do that with professional Iranians, only with Iranians. Um, and it's a big party, so it's a blast. So if you have a chance to, to learn more about Nowruz or Persian New Year, you should uh, absolutely take it. If you're in a place that uh, has the option to go to one of these events, um, you should check it out. It's pretty cool. Anyways, uh, that's all I have for today. Um, I hope you guys are doing as well as you possibly can. I enjoyed this time together, just you and you and me, just a little alone time, just you and me just hanging out here. This was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, next week, uh, I'll be back with actual guests again and um and we'll talk more then in the meantime thank you to nadim for help with production thank you to lucky dog hot sauce for continuing to make such delicious hot sauce um and uh if you haven't check out their stuff at luckydoghotsauce.com and uh stay tuned for more episodes coming up i hope you guys are doing great bye this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice diagnosis or treatment Please consult a physician or other qualified health care provider for your specific health care needs or concerns. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the opinions of our employees. Details in the podcast have been changed so that patient identification is not possible.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.